Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays, and with me is Jay Jones. Good morning. Good morning. Almost forgot to fade that out. Yeah. There we go. Just keep it going. Now we're in. <clears throat> yep. Well, it's a uh, text-driven Tuesday. Yeah. It's Monday morning for us. It is. Why do we do this on Monday mornings? Why do we do this to ourselves, know, Jay? It would say. have to be a text-driven Wednesday, and that just doesn't work as well <laughs> yeah. if we did it on Tuesday. So here we are on a Monday. I don't, I don't know if we're... <laughs> I don't know if we bring our A game on Monday maybe mornings. Not. Need to get, maybe have a little bit more coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here we are in Ecclesiastes. So you've already had the change of tire? Well, you took you took you took Drake's car to get the tire changed. You didn't actually have to change it. Uh, yeah, I just needed a little patch. Yeah, free though, because I go to Casey's Tires. That's the best place in town, are we, guaranteed. Are we getting? I've lived here a long are time. We, are we getting paid for this? Many for years, this many many years. <laughs> yeah, and Casey's Tires. That's the place, man. I didn't even buy these tires there, mm. and he just fixed it for free for me because. Long-time customer. Mm. Yep. But I'll be buying all my tires from now on there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we need to start taking out... <clears throat> we need to start uh, getting paid for these advertisements. Yep. It's down there. You go down Lee Casey's and... tires, uh, uh, cream soda, snack packs. Man, I almost bought Man, some We could be making bank. Today. We could be making bank I thought bank to on myself, you know what? Today is not going to be the best day ever because I got to go home and mow the grass. Mm. Maybe I should go treat myself to a cream <clears throat> soda. Yeah. So I almost went in and got one for everyone, but maybe after. You, maybe probably, you probably would have just gone in and been disappointed they wouldn't have had any. Last time I went in, they didn't have them. Yep. Like, come on, guys. That's because so, we that's because we talked about them on the show and everyone going over there and buying them. I'm pretty we sure. Ta- we got to quit talking about the things that we like on this show because we, we can't find them. Well, I'm pretty sure it's their most sold item in that store. Because <laughs> every time I go in there, every time I go in there, there's no one in there buying anything. Yeah. And any hour of the day. Yeah. I'm like, how is this store open? The cream soda's <laughs> keeping them open. They can't even keep it stocked. <laughs> Yeah, you're in, the right, you're, in the, you're in the wrong business. I know. What, what in the world? Get out of that hardware business and uh, get into the cream soda business. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll start like a family business. Yeah. Like a cream soda, a cream soda business. Maybe I'll perfect it. Start making your own cream soda. Mm-hmm. To get started, we'll put a, a little dash of that original Coke in it. <laughs> yeah, that's the trick. <laughs> So I was I was talking to Josh King last weekend. I was I was at his church, and you know he's got the uh, he's got those root beer bottles. He's the root beer all ma- around his he's office. He's the root he beer loves, master. Yes, he doesn't really like cream soda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's disappointing. Yeah, he's not ever I mean, had dis- one of those. Disappointed in you, Josh. He hasn't had one of those yet. We need to get him one. Send it to him. Yeah. You said dis- you di- he's disappointed in Josh, like he's listening. He listens. Oh, does he? Yeah. Well, hello. Not, um, I don't know if he like is caught up, but he, mm. <clears throat> tell me well, he listens. Well, one day he'll listen and he'll. One day he'll know how disappointed I am yep. in him for not being a cream soda connoisseur. 
Mm. I'm sure it will <laughs> really crush him. What are we doing here, Jay? <laughs> you look like you're about to fall asleep over there. <laughs> oh. uh, where are you, Jay? <laughs> are you in this room? I'm I'm back. Okay. All Came right. back. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. You know, you didn't, uh, I asked you to come over and mow my lawn and you turned me down. I, I can't do it. Yeah, it's a no-go, bud. Can't do it. You got yourself a young man at home. Maybe if you didn't. Yeah. You can put him to work out there. Mowing that grass. Saturday. Abigail runs into the our living room and says that there's a dog trying to tear down our fence. <laughs> what? We just got this fence last summer. New fence. Yeah. Go out there. And the neighbor behind us, their pit bull, mm-hmm. has gotten out of their yard and is trying to get into our yard and has like bitten through mm-hmm. the wood <clears throat> and some of the panels were coming off. Well, that's because you got little kids and little kids are like crack cocaine to a pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> so you better watch them. They can't resist. Yeah. For real. You need me to bring my dog over there to take care of that? Uh, sure. Yeah. We'll put Evangeline. It was trying to get at my dog. I've got the friendliest dog in the world. Mm. You don't believe it because she looks scary. Mm. You know, she's she's a war dog, man. 2,000 yeah. years of genetics, thanks to the Romans. We'll put Evangeline back there because mm-hmm. we got to snap her out of the niceness. Okay. She's the bait. Okay. Live bait. Then that pit bull will smell her like a crack. It's like crack cocaine, and it'll come under the fence, and then many will emerge. <laughs> we'll sell tickets online. Okay. Probably can make easily 20000 We're, <laughs> We're going to get banned on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a joke, guys. Come on. Come on. Michael Vick will be calling us, trying to promote it if we're not careful. <laughs> Uh, I was just really frustrated that this dog has bitten through the wood and I had to go and nail nail the panels back up and that was really frustrating. Well, here's one way you can take care of it. I was trying to, I got a stick because it was poking its head through the fence. I was trying to beat that thing. I was trying to hurt it to make it it go away and it just just kept coming back. I'll bring the Louisville Slugger over. Yeah. We'll take care of that. Yeah. Sledgehammer, take a sledgehammer to it. These little kids live back there. They're they're like uh, peeking over the fence, watching. Get your dog. Get your dog. Anyway, that was my frustration from Saturday. You could just let it through and and then just shoot it. Yeah, that's always an option. We are really we're really getting the audience today. You just got to take care. You got to take care of your business, man. Yeah. Can't be letting pit bulls come over. You know, I, there's a section of this uh, passage that might <laughs> that might that might help you there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get let's get into Ecclesiastes then. <laughs> right. What a segue. You apply as the wisdom of you apply this wisdom of Solomon to a pit bull trying to break through your fence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he who he who breaks through George's fence will get bit by a pibble. <laughs> I 
All right. Well, let's talk about Ecclesiastes then. All right. Let's bring it back. All right. So Ecclesiastes, we're uh, we're still in chapter ten. Uh huh. Um, this is part two of three three part parts. Two of three. Yeah. Three twelve. Parts. A twelve pointer. This is the mm. one I outlined it, and I said I got a twelve point sermon, mm-hmm. and that just won't work. Yeah. So broke it up a little bit. <clears throat> Three sections. All right. And this is all about shrewdness. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wisdom. Wisdom applied to the yeah. world. Yeah. yeah. Um, so wisdom applied to different areas. Maybe maybe uh, catch us up with the first four. Okay. And then we'll read the passage and we'll talk about the next four. Okay. How's that sound? All right. So last time he began with uh, an observation. <clears throat> That's kind of helpful for seeing kind of some sections, I, I think. Not not everywhere, but it happens a few times. Uh, so I've also seen this example of wisdom under the sun, and it seemed great to me. And he tells a little story mm-hmm. about how there was a, a little city and a nameless wise man in it, and a, and a king came against the city to lay siege. If you're just using, you know, basic logic, You'd say, all right, well, obviously the king's going to win. He's powerful. He's got the weapons, got the numbers. But wisdom prevails. This nameless wise man delivers the city. And so the point there is that wisdom is actually powerful. It's mighty. It's more mighty. has more might. It's more powerful than conventional power. Wisdom Wisdom is power. So to be shrewd in this sphere is to understand the value of, of wisdom. So shrewdness is powerful. Shrewdness understands the danger of foolishness. We learned that um, you can be wise and have a great reputation, and a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. And you, this is once you read these, you're like, these are the most common sense things I've observed. All of these too. You know, you can have a a lifetime of maybe faithfulness to your wife, and then. You know, one act of infidelity will run forty years of marriage. That's that type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you uh, you can never stop being shrewd and applying wisdom to your life because you dabble in a little folly. It's going to lead to your destruction. So shrewdness understands that and won't entertain any foolishness at all in their life. And there's shrewdness walking the narrow road. It's kind of it presents two ways to live in this section. Um, and that even everyone recognizes the way of the fool. When they walk in the road, everyone knows who they are, so it's urging us to walk the right path of wisdom, and then shrewdness restrained in the face of anger. So how do you, how do you respond in, when people are angry? Mm-hmm. You know, you can walk away. Well, you might think that's the right thing to do is walk away, but that can just make someone even more angry. So you just stay there and keep your cool and... That was it. So we applied that to a whole variety of spheres last time. So if you want that, you can go back and check it out. And this week we got four more, four more lessons on shrewdness. And it's, I mean, it's pretty, uh, you know, when I first looked at this section, I thought, there's, I have no idea how in the world I'm ever going to preach a sermon on the end of this book. But now I'm like, this is starting to become one of my favorite parts of the book. Okay. Just because it's taking me out, kind of take me out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Don't really preach a lot of sermons that are maybe application driven. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Right. So it's a little bit different. So you like you encounter other books of the Bible, maybe they're theology 
driven first, and then you get to the application. Well, these are just application, mm-hmm. right? One after the other. Mm-hmm. So that was a ch- it's a challenge, and it's been beneficial. I think hopefully to other people it has been for me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, putting these, um, putting the I mean the proverbs, mm-hmm. putting these proverbs into action. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is taking us out of the realm of of just the the hypothetical. It's taking it us yeah. into the the like direct application. This is how you're supposed to live. This uh-huh. is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and it's uh yeah. it's it's very beneficial because maybe this is a missing this is a missing piece of a lot of people's walk as they seek to to follow to follow Christ. And uh, even in the church, maybe a missing element of things that people have been urged to do. We don't hear a lot about ur- urging Christians to like not be gullible. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be a gullible person. Don't be easily taken advantage of. Right. Be a wise person. Be shrewd. Jesus tells us to be mm-hmm. to be shrewd as serpents, and that that's just like a really ignored thing. I think for mm-hmm. some reason, you know. Right. There's a lot of gullible Christians in the world. Yeah. Very gullible. Well, it's really easy to make profession of of a certain belief and then for it not to affect how you live. Mm-hmm. And this is forcing us to consider how we're supposed to live as Christians and right. not just and like you said, not just profess theological truths, but based on theological truths, what how are we supposed to live? Yeah. And I, that's that's harder. That's a lot harder. Yeah, you're right. Um, so let's let's uh, let's have you read this passage. So we're going to be in uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter ten. We're going to be in verses five through seventeen, and uh, then we'll talk about it. All right. So ten, beginning in verse five. There is. Oh, I need to put it on the screen. Put it on that. Almost screen. forgot a step. Yep. Here it is. There is an evil that I have seen under the sun, as it were, an error proceeding from the ruler. Folly is set in many many high places, and the rich sit in a low place. I have seen slaves on horses, and princes walk on the ground like slaves. He who digs a pit will fall into it, and a serpent will bite him who breaks through a wall. He who quarries stone is hurt by them, and he who splits logs is endangered by them. If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom helps one to succeed." If the serpent bites before it is charmed, there is no advantage to the charmer. The words of a wise man's mouth win him favor, but the lips of of a fool consume him. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is evil madness. A fool multiplies words, though no man knows what is to be, and who can tell him what will be after him. The toil of a fool wearies him, for he does not know the way to the city. Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child, and your princes feast in the morning. Happy are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobility, and your princes feast at the proper time, for strength and not for drunkenness. All right. There it is. And that's one of those you go to and you say, I have no idea how in the world to preach this passage. (laughs) Then eventually, you know, after... Yeah. You have to wrestle God for a while. Be like, I'm not letting go till you give me a blessing. Oh goodness! And He's like, All right, but you're getting <laughs> wounded by Ecclesiastes after. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's one of the. That's one of these. <clears throat> I don't. It, this is just a question that I was thinking about as we were going through, and this is probably just me letting my mind wander. He jumps between uh, poetic. Mm-hmm. Um form and 
like pros. Yeah. Has anyone mentioned anything about why it it does that? I don't think anybody knows. Okay. Yeah. I mean, There's, versus what? I mean, if you if you're using um like an ESV, yeah, you can you, see you'll it. see verses one through four, um, poetic poetic structure, and then yeah. verses five. It just five switches seven, back. It just switches back to mm-hmm. to prose, and then it switches yep. back to poet. Yeah. Who knows, man? Just wondering. Style. He's uh, he's just he's just freestyling. I'm. I mean, I'd have to go look at an actual Hebrew Bible. I'm assuming that this that isn't can, arbitrary. I'm assuming you can see this in the probably in the Hebrew text. Mm-hmm. I've got a Hebrew Bible. They were on sale. Like, do you have, do you have one of the, the the big hardback Hebrew Bibles? I've got several Hebrew Bibles. Um, digital. I don't have. I think I may have one in my office that's regular. Okay, I've got several. Printed. I've got several, and one of them you go to like Psalms. And I, I don't even know where to start. Really? Like the structure is is really weird. Mm. It's really difficult to, I mean, it's Hebrew is already a really difficult language. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the, the way that they formatted it was yeah. not great, in my opinion, as a Hebrew scholar. And, <laughs> and probably when they were, you know, originally written to, to save space... Mm. There may not have been any. Yeah, that's what I'm. That, spaces. Yeah that's, yeah, that's what I'm wondering. No gaps. Like, yeah, it's just text. Mm. You know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah. Well, anyway, no vowels. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Are you hearing my stomach growl? I feel like I, it is the loudest sound in this room. I can hear it, okay. uh, but I don't know if I can hear it th- coming through, okay. or All if right. I just hear well, it. it's. Hey. But this is one of the things, you, know, you want people to interact with your podcast. If you can hear George's stomach growl, <laughs> <laughs> comment below. <laughs> oh, goodness. This is quality stuff. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's, let's talk about So four more let's lessons Let's talk about four shrewdness. more, four more lessons. And then next shrewdness. week it'll be four more lessons. Four more, on four, fi- four final. You need it's just four, four final, four, four final, final lessons, lessons on shrewdness. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's look at our text. Verses five through seven is the first one. This is how we're supposed to apply shrewdness to the sphere of politics. Now, before we before we get any further, you, your last point is applying shrewdness to the sphere of government. Right. So maybe define those two. Mm-hmm. Kind of a sneak peek into number four. Um, politics and government, but how are you defining those, and how can we distinguish the two? Okay, well, this one has to do with government too. He's mm-hmm. so his what he's using as an explanation or a, the topic of what he observes is a ruler. So, mm-hmm. to ruler is in the in the sphere right. of, <clears throat> I guess, governments. How, however, right? I mean, we can't we can't think about politics without thinking about government, but right. politics does go beyond just right quote and that's unquote government and in this this in this particular point what he is observing really a, does apply to any variety of spheres so mm-hmm. is there a place where there's authority structures so he doesn't specify which type of a ruler here but apply you could this could apply in your life in your if you live if you work in a large corporation even mm-hmm. like is there authority structure in any sphere then this first one can apply because there's politics and politicking like people know what you say when 
Well, I'm just not political. I don't play those games. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're yeah. not. Well, they're not saying they work in government. Mm-hmm. They're saying I don't play the. I don't play these. Uh, these political type of uh, games that are needed to be played in order to sometimes advance yourself. And so that's kind of what I wanted to emphasize in this one. He's emphasizing here this ruler, and there are people who put are put in positions that they have no business being in. That's hmm. his, his point. He makes an observation, which he actually calls it a, an error. This is a common error that a lot of people that are in authority make. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said politics is everywhere. That was your... Yeah, that it's was, everywhere. Yeah. Right? Like, um, where so, can you escape it? Right. Okay, so let's, let's talk about how we're supposed to apply shrewdness in this area. How are we supposed to be wise in this, uh, this sphere of... of uh, authority structures and mm-hmm. and authority you know how people are supposed to to relate in this um, so what is the error he talks about he says there's an there is an evil that he's seen under the sun it's an error proceeding from the ruler what what's he talking about here uh, folly is set in high places that's the main point so meaning there are fools or foolish people or people that should not they don't deserve it they don't have the uh, experience or the wisdom really is the main thing, the wisdom to hold the positions they are, but yet they get put in those positions. So a ruler makes this error, which he actually calls an evil. We mm-hmm. might just say, well, this is how the world works. But he says, this is actually an evil thing that I've observed. Mm-hmm. So you've got people that have no business being where they are put in positions that uh, they are by these rulers. It's um, it's folly. Folly said in high places, and he gives a little... You know, examples that he gives um, that so there's a re- so there's two. This seems to be two contrasts, mm-hmm. right? The the folly is set in high places. The rich right. are in low places. The rich that many times in the scriptures, rich can be evil people, but maybe in this, rich would be people that have the skills, rich, the, the yeah. abilities to. So the, like they're 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 the wise ones because they know how to. Yeah. The, so, this whole big section really is is contrast wisdom to in folly. Mm-hmm. So, folly is set in high places while the rich sit in a low. So, what would that mean? The rich are mm-hmm. in this context not not really emphasizing their economic status, mm-hmm. rich in wisdom, mm-hmm. like they're wise people mm-hmm. that should be in the places of leadership, mm-hmm. and they're not. Yeah, they're put in the low places. And then you've got the second the second comparison. Mm-hmm. We've seen slaves on horses and princes walking on the ground like slaves. Right. And we we need to cross <clears throat> the cultural well, the cultural gap here. Yeah. So we uh, you can you can do a, just a thought experiment. You know, um, it may be fun to do. Just imagine an EMP bomb goes off and it's us in China. The whole world goes back to the Stone Ages, or I guess the steam steam engine era. I don't know. Like yeah. we're, we would be back a long ways. But uh, the rich people would be the people who have land and have horses. The rest of us are going in like a 12-mile radius for the rest of our life, mm-hmm. walking everywhere, <laughs> walking right. everywhere. Right. So in his day, only uh, the rich would be on horseback. Slaves wouldn't be on horseback. Now, he's, he's not, again, he's using it as uh, in a picture for you to, to grasp the folly of what has happened. The folly is that the roles are switched. Mm-hmm. I gave the, the maybe the illustration that could help you to see like the absurdity of 
of what he's saying would be like to see some Saudi prince out hitchhiking on the road mm-hmm. um, and to see like a homeless man driving a Lamborghini. Right. He waves as he goes by, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, so you don't. this is what he's saying. It, it emphasizes the absurdity of a ruler, the error of a ruler. He's putting people in positions that they they don't, they shouldn't be in, and mm-hmm. the people that should be put in those positions are not put there. Mm-hmm. They're put in a low place, right? Which is completely opposite of how things should work. Mm. And and like you you pointed out, this is evil, yeah. Because um, you you pointed out uh, from from last week that a little bit of folly can just ruin everything, uh-huh. and so a little bit of folly in your rulers can just destroy the whole the whole system. Uh-huh. Um, and yet, this is what we see everywhere, all, all the time, <laughs> everywhere, right? everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So our the term the term we have for it is nepotism, mm. placing people in positions of influence <clears throat> and power, authority, not based on their merit or their achievements or their abilities, but because they are either friends or family members, mm. um, or favors need to be done. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's everywhere, though. I mean, I, I just went online and, like, where can I find examples <laughs> of nepotism? And it's literally everywhere, mm-hmm. every sphere that humanity touches. Mm-hmm. You can't escape. Yeah. You can't escape it. Um, after college, I worked at a, a company that was, uh, they made signs and, like, frames for, like, big signs. Like uh, when the when the lottery came to Oklahoma, all the little signs that you saw at gas stations uh-huh. was from that. A lot of it was from that company, uh, and I was I was the supervisor of the metal fabrication um, department. So we're the ones that would like weld the the frames for the signs, and it was a family business. So this guy started this this company in his his garage, and all the people in in authority. <laughs> were family yeah. members. Yeah. What happened is that uh, this was right around the time that the economy was collapsing, mm. the housing housing crisis, all of that. And uh, so they, they had to lay off a lot of people. And so um, in the metal fabrication department, there was me, uh, like an 80-year-old guy, <laughs> and, and uh, the, the owner's grandson. Uh-huh. Uh, who do you think... Uh, <clears throat> you had who to you think, Who do you think... <laughs> I got laid off. You and the eighty-year-old guy had to yeah, go. yeah, uh, and the grandson who was, goodness, he had to have been at least ten years younger than me. Lazy, mm, <laughs> yeah. didn't want, didn't had no interest in working there. Yeah, uh, but like you said, that's that's the way that the world works. Yeah, um, it is. The it's the connections, right? right? Uh, but it's not just nepotism. Yeah, it's. The suck-ups. Oh, yeah. The brown nosers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, How do you say this word? Sycophant? Sycophant, yeah. Sycophant. That's the fancy term for brown noser. Sycophant. It's someone that flatters other people for their own personal gain. Yep. That's it. Yeah. And it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Can't escape it. Right. Um, This was, uh, so in our, our homeschool program, the, the the class that I tutor, we have to read this big American history book, mm-hmm. and it 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 kind of traces uh, that in politics. Okay, um, and um, it was Martin Van Buren 
that like established this for the Democratic Party. Mm. Um, they called it the spoil system. Ah. So if you if you tow the party line and you support the the candidate, ah. then when that candidate wins, there's then, a job waiting for oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and that you, you kind of trace that, and you uh-huh. see how, you can see how government got more and more bloated because yep. you, you have to find positions for these people, uh-huh. right? So now we've got this gigantic government with just ridiculous positions yep. and there's people that that haven't really they don't they don't, they don't deserve do to be yeah. there <laughs> and they're not qualified to be there but there's a position for you because yeah. you towed the party line and i think that one of the prime uh prime examples is Buttigieg. <laughs> i didn't i didn't think you were going there uh yeah that's for sure i was saying Buttigieg. oh yeah um, like, why is he the secretary of transportation? Yeah. What does this guy, what does this guy know about? They had to get him a job. They had to get him a job, right? Yeah. Because he towed the party line. And they've got to keep him somewhere where they can kind of build his resume and uh, so they can put him forward in years to come. Right. Yeah. Uh, you probably were thinking of Kamala, weren't you? Yes, you for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Like, why is she the vice president? Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. It's, it's not because it's, she's it's, qualified. It's pretty mind blowing. Yeah. I was, you, you compare her and like someone like Condoleezza Rice. Mm-hmm. The media is obsessed, or they were obsessed with Kamala right. Harris until she gets more airtime and they're like, man, we can't, we can't cover <laughs> right. for this lady anymore. Yeah. You know, she'd make a, she'd make a good case for a, a woke version of Batman. She could play the Joker. You know, they get to do gender swaps. Yeah. She'd be perfect. She's already got the laugh down. Yeah. Laughs randomly for no reason out of nowhere. I guess because she's nervous. I don't. I don't know. It's mm. nervous laughter. But yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's where she's at because of that. Mm. She's right. not qualified. And you can trace her whole her whole political career. career Some pretty this stuff. scandalous stuff in her yeah uh, right and her rise to power. Uh huh. Um, and so we see we see people <clears throat> who are unqualified that are foolish mm-hmm. and they're. That they are they are literal fools who are ruling over us. Yep. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's not just in the governmental sphere or in just your employment. Right. It's also in denominations. Oh yeah. It's, a, it's in the church also. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know the uh, the Catholic Church runs this way has mm-hmm. forever yeah did you know about the borgias mm-hmm. some scandalous stuff right there my friend uh, it's it's suspected that one of them was the the uh the the model for a lot of the pictures of, oh, okay the, the yeah for leonardo of G- of did jesus that leonardo's uh, that paintings are hanging in a lot of churches yeah like I, the most famous uh picture of of you know quote unquote jesus uh-huh uh, you know, like the profile, right? Picture. Like that's it's it's rumored that it was one of the one of his illegitimate yeah. children, four of them mm-hmm. that he had. Yeah. So while well, he was, uh, so maybe you just don't have pictures of that was of only Jesus like hanging up in your churches. I think that was like right around a hundred years before Luther came along. Mm-hmm. So I wonder why he was coming along and saying like popes and uh, councils have often contradicted. Yeah. Themselves. Well, I mean, you, you <laughs> I mean, you read the history of of the catholic church in the middle ages and you could pay for a spot yeah i mean you 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 pay money into the church and so your your oldest son usually took over the family business yeah but your youngest son 
usually went into the church. Uh-huh. Um, and, and you could pay to have a position. Sounds a lot like the SBC. <laughs> yeah. Sounds a lot like the Southern Baptist Convention to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've talked about Johnny Hunt and how he didn't get, uh, or no, it was uh, it was Ronnie Floyd. Yeah, he didn't get the he was nominated for yeah. SBC president, didn't and he didn't it. get it because of the church's giving. Uh huh. So they increased their giving, and he got it the next time. <laughs> right. Yeah, you got to pay up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this is it's all around. It's all around from mm-hmm. the the top levels of of our society to just. The bottom, the bottom levels. Um, so what? What does this have to do with with how we're supposed to live? Are we just supposed to be like, well, that's just the way it works? Like, is that what it's, is that what these verses are there for? Or is just so so we know? Yeah, I think I think that's to to uh, you should know about it. But then also, I think a shrewd person would be able to use this to their own advantage for the benefit of themselves and for their family. So, so but, just be a suck up. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> some people would do that. I guess if they want to compromise themselves. But you know, my the application I gave was don't compromise yourself. So first off, understand this is the way the world works. Okay. So if there's one thing I could go back in time and tell myself as a younger person, something I tell my son is the entire world one runs off of connections. Right. The whole thing. And it's not necessarily bad, right? Uh, you know, if if I were if I were to become the president for whatever reason, I, you'd want to surround yourself with people that <clears throat> you knew, right? Like you wouldn't want a complete stranger. You don't know how they're going to mm-hmm. how they're going to to work. You, I mean, you would want to surround yourself with people that have yep. uh, you have a history with that mm-hmm. they they've proven themselves. They're trustworthy. I was thinking back to most of my jobs, um, and they were because I knew someone. Yep. So it's not necessarily bad. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, the basic thing that I think that we should understand about it as Christians is this is how the world works. How can I take advantage of it without compromising myself or sinning? And I think it's, I mean, you have to trust in the providence of God, but one thing that's in our control is we can maintain a good reputation as someone who's a very hard worker. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you're known as someone who is a work harder, you out or hard worker, you outwork your peers, you're trustworthy, you're dependable, you're honest, you know, you're not. There's no doubt you're a you're not going to malinger. Uh, you're dependable. I'm sorry, you're not going to malinger. Oh, you're not going to steal from your boss by by not working. I don't know if I've ever heard that. Yeah, word. yeah. You you're, pretend- you're introducing a new a new term for me. I, yep. I've never heard of that. So you'll pretend to be working, but you're not. Huh. You know. So in in reality, that's stealing from your boss, right? Um, so you are a hard worker. You have that reputation. So even maybe maybe people don't like that you're a Christian, but they can't deny you're a good worker right. and you're actually beneficial to them mm-hmm. and the company or whatever sphere you're in. And then you just try to network with people and <clears throat> know people, right? Become friends, be friendly with everyone. Mm-hmm. And then, because eventually one day, you know, maybe something opens up and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I know a guy. I know that guy. This guy, he'd be perfect for this. Right. And it's not because you're a butt kisser. So don't be a butt kisser, right? You can't, um, say, you can't say butt. On imagine podcast, appearing Jay. before the judgment seat and Jesus is like, you've done a great job, but I'll tell you what, you're kind of a butt kisser. <laughs> be honest. I was a little disappointed with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's uh, not a good thing. We don't. <laughs> Can you imagine? Would you not be ashamed? 
I'm a little ashamed right now. <laughs> Would he use be more sophisticated? You're kind of a sycophant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's not have that happen. Right. <laughs> there you go. That's good advice. Why people come here to this podcast? They want to know they the want good stuff. They want, they want good advice. They want to know the good stuff. So don't be a brown news noser. Don't be a yes man. Yeah. Maintain your integrity. Um, but this is how the world works. So, you know, I think if I could go back in time, that's that I would tell people. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a pretty independent person. Where I'm like, I don't really need people. Mm-hmm. Like, I can do whatever, you know, on my own, and I'm not going to butt kiss anybody. And if they don't, you know, if they don't like that, I'm not doing that, then who cares? Mm-hmm. Maybe take a better approach to uh, understand the value of having connections. Right. Now, don't use people. Mm-hmm. Like, be genuine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't be fake. Don't be a sycophant. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't just don't just flatter people just for your own your own good. Think of the good of others. Right. And and that's why you're a, a hard worker is because you're not just in it for yourself. You're you're trying to do good to all men. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But the beauty of this, if it really bothers you like it does me, is that uh, one thing I thought about was in uh, Christ's kingdom, which will come eventually. Um, you know, we see. As he comes, he, he the kingdom of God is here, and I think to a degree it, it is advancing in the world through the church. But uh, one day in in Christ's kingdom, we're all going to be rewarded, mm-hmm. not in the salvific sense because that's already that's done justification right. by faith alone. But we're talking about rewards. Yeah, uh, how will Christ <clears throat> reward you? And it's not going to be because you have your parent who your parents were, mm-hmm. right? It's not going to be on based on anything else other than what you did with what he gave you. Yeah. And that's good news. That's completely fair. That means the person who maybe you know there are people in the world that have the they have very high IQ, one twenty or above, and they've got all of the giftings. They're they're people person. They're they can speak well. They can craft. They can write books. They can preach. Well, they're not going to be judged like the person who works in the church teaching you know little kids isn't going to be judged compared to that person. Mm-hmm. They're judged person who teaches Sunday school in the church is judged according to what giftings God has given them and how they have used those for him. And that's great news. Mm-hmm. So if you've been entrusted with a little, you know, you have the parable of the talents that he gives. Uh, he gave one, just five, and then he turned it around and got five more, and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a little, mm-hmm. and now you're going to get much. Mm-hmm. So there's like this kingdom, what will it be like? We don't know. There's things to do there. Mm-hmm. Things to manage, things to build. I think you know everything we love about this world is going to be there. Art, construction. I mean, it's going to be amazing, um, and they're going to be, be people who weren't in charge of you know what we would say they weren't in charge of really anything, yeah. and now they're in charge of all this stuff because mm-hmm. they were faithful. Right. So. Yeah. All right. So in the sphere of politics, uh, but verses eight through eleven are applying shrewdness to the sphere of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, uh, and you have three three sub points. Three sub points. Yeah. Are well, you are you sneaking in more so I hate more to do points it. on I hate this? To do it. Yeah. Are you sneaking I guess in I more did. points? So I snuck in an additional. This was a seven. This is a seven point sermon yeah, instead, I guess so. instead of four. 
so, well, yeah, it's all really about work yeah. uh, versus eight through um, eleven. Mm-hmm. But there's really kind of three kind of categories mm-hmm. to think about here. Um, the first one has to do with what we call Murphy's Law. Okay, you know, you know Murphy's Law. Uh huh. If where did this come from, Murphy? Who is Murphy? I don't know who Murphy is. If you know Murphy, is comment below. Okay. How about that? <laughs> Murphy's law is that if something can go wrong, it will go wrong. So predict that you know mm-hmm. what could go wrong. Expect it. Take steps to ensure that it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And that's really what you see in verse A. As he begins, he who digs a pit will fall into it, and a servant will bite him who breaks through a wall. Mm-hmm. Continuing with the same theme uh, as well in verse nine that a person who quarries stones is hurt by them, a person who splits log is endangered by them. So understand, it was com- this is like the common sense stuff in the Bible, but believe it or not, there are people who will dig a gigantic hole in the ground and be down in the hole, and the earth will cave in on them mm-hmm. and kill them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's totally foreseeable yeah. that the walls could cave in and crush me and smother me to death. Mm. So if you're digging a hole, what would you do? Put braces up. Well, you should put braces up. I think it's actually a law that you have to in America if you're digging below a certain depth. But that's totally foreseeable. So is breaking through a wall and getting bit by a serpent. Now, I was confused, and I'm sure if first time you read it, you are too, because, you know, like the serpents just live in people's walls, or what's going on? This is more like a hedgerow wall. Like, think of, like, a, a boundary marker around in your backyard. Like a fence. It's like a fence, yeah. Yeah, it's like an earthen fence. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you break through George's wall, you're going to get bit by the pit bull in the back, right? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but it's totally foreseeable in that culture mm-hmm. that there could be a serpent in this hedge wall. Right. So, don't just go busting through there. Yeah. And if you do, don't be surprised that you got bit. Yeah. Right. So foresee what could go wrong. Same thing, it continues quarrying. You could foresee that you're busting rock out of out of the side of a mountain and it rolls down and crushes your friend to death. Mm-hmm. So be smart. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like maybe make a no-go zone or put up a net, something, right? So that's the whole point. Same thing with the logs. Is Solomon establishing OSHA here? Maybe, maybe he did. And it originated with the wisest man to ever live. (laughs) Oh, shit, yeah. Uh, So, see it, make sure that it doesn't happen. Don't be foolish in your work. Don't be foolish, And there's there's all kinds of of dangers in different jobs. Right, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this would be like, uh, you know, maybe you you stay home, you work at home with your children, right? Yeah. you see your kid running with scissors. Maybe it's time to tell him, don't run with scissors. Mm-hmm. You, st- you stab yourself. It's everywhere. He who, do- he who does not change the lint trap in the dryer burns his house down. There's a, mod- <laughs> There's a modern proverb for you. <laughs> right? That one doesn't hit quite as hard as the <laughs> ones here. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the point. You got it. And the second one is uh, shrewd, to be being shrewd at work means that you should work smarter and not harder. Mm-hmm. I like this one. I don't know why I just do. But it doesn't mean not to work hard. That's the one thing I didn't want people to hear me saying. Right. It doesn't mean don't work hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the imagery he gives is if you're if you have an axe and it's blunt, you have two options. Mm-hmm. You can start swinging it harder and applying more force. Right. Or you can use wisdom. 
and just sharpen it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And then you can do it, more work faster. Right. And it's um it's it's gonna it's gonna seem like it's taking too much time to sharpen the axe, mm-hmm. but in the long run, it's better. It's better. It's better. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't want to embarrass <laughs> my son, but we had this conversation yesterday. Yeah. Because he doesn't. He doesn't want to. So our dishwasher is broken right now. Uh-huh. If anybody knows a good dishwasher repairman. <laughs> Let me know. Mm. Hey, you can comment that. Can yeah, comment, comment that. below. There you go. Getting an interaction. <laughs> right. Uh, so we're having that. We're having to go back to hand washing our dishes. Um, well, Julia and I, we we were raised, <laughs> you know, washing dishes by hand. You fill up one side of the sink, right? Like you fill it up with hot water and put soap in it, and you put the dishes in, and you wash it, and you you move it from one side of the sink to the other. Well, he, he was just trying to wash one dish at a time mm-hmm. and put soap on each individual dish. Mm. And, uh, we were telling him this is going to take you forever. Mm. Um, so don't do that. <laughs> do it the way we're showing you because don't work. You don't have to, you don't have to stand there for two hours and wash each individual dish when you can just put them all in the soapy water and scrub it and, and be done. So, but it, it, I don't know, for some reason it's, he's a teenage boy. Uh, so just trying to convince yeah. him like, this is the, this is the way to do this. Mm-hmm. This is the smart way to do it so that you're not, uh, you're not working mm-hmm. as hard. You're working smarter. Next time, try wearing a Mandalorian mask. Yeah. This, Tell is, them this is the this way. This is the way. This is the way. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Work smarter, not harder. But we're we're lazy. We're lazy, and so we see things on the... I, I tell my... I tell the, the kids I tutor all the time. They have to write all these papers. Make an outline. Mm-hmm. Make an outline first. We do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, before we, we sit down to write what we're going to preach, we write the outline. But it can seem like, well, this is just something <clears throat> extra, work. Is just extra work I've yeah. got to do. But once you do the outline, actually writing the paper is way easier. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yes, it may look like you're doing more work, but it actually is lessening how hard you have to work when you get to the actual paper. Yeah. Um, so you got to throw off that laziness. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's it. So simple. These are simple, practical points foresee what can go wrong take steps to prevent that work smarter not harder and then you come to verse 11 and we all just go home because <laughs> it's a weird verse right if a serpent bites before it is charmed there is no advantage to the charmer okay then thank you captain obvious that uh that's <laughs> right. that's not a verse that you see like crocheted on doilies right um yeah no advantage i love the i love the like major the major, <laughs> the major like he's like down statement yes no there's no advantage to the charmer well yeah because he's dead now now he's dead he's throwing up and we're dragging him out to bury him uh that's like that's like Matthew saying Jesus was out in the wilderness for forty days and forty nights, not eating or drinking, and he was very hungry. Right? Yeah. It's like, Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a strange verse, but it's got good principle. Good principle, I think, that's there. If you just like 
get away from the weirdness and kind of think about it mm-hmm. as it's presented with the, uh, these others on work. The snake, snake charming. It's been banned a lot of places. Haven't you always, since you were a little kid and like saw those Indiana Jones movies, like wanted to see a snake charmer? Have I want? Have I wanted to see a snake charmer? No, yeah, not, yeah. not particularly. I can keep that no, as far away dreams. from you. Can you can keep that as far away? My from dreams me are, as are are dying because they're it's getting banned everywhere. Mm, mm-hmm. Snake charming. Yeah, I think maybe Pakistan and Afghanistan have it still. I don't. I don't know where else you can see it. Yeah, probably not going to happen for me. I'm you can sorry. watch it on YouTube though. Yeah. You ever see those guys, man? They're, they're uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing, really. What they're doing is they hypnotize a snake. Mm-hmm. They're hypnotizing a cobra. Yeah. There's some pretty pretty bold guys out there. <clears> How do you stuff. get into that line of work? I don't know. You got to you got to know somebody. This has got to be, be. Do you have to be a sycophant? This to... is a family business. I'm thinking <laughs> that goes down because I don't think you know somebody. A lot of nepotism in the in the snake charming business. Yeah, you're not walking by the market there, you know, and looking at your at the ru- Persian rugs, and you're like. What is that over there? You know what? I think I'd really like to get into that mm-hmm. business. Yeah. <laughs> Snake charming. Yeah. So they have this, this person has a very particular skill. Mm. Um, and if he doesn't employ it, mm-hmm. then it's to his own detriment. <laughs> That's or, the point. Or if he cuts corners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bring back the laziness. Yes. If you yeah. are lazy and cut corners, yeah. it's going to uh, literally bite you. Yeah. So you have a skill, you know what to do, you can do it. So expedience is to your advantage, mm. and procrastination is to your detriment. That's kind of the thing that I th- I think is there. You can do something. <clears throat> You're really stepping on my toes with this point, Jay. Oh no, really... <laughs> are you a little procrastination? Oh man, procrastinator. I am, I, I am a I'm a bad procrastinator. Yeah. Mm. Hey, I can't help it if my best uh, my best paper writing in college was at three a.m. the night before. Oh it was, man, <laughs> it was too. You just need a little pressure. I need the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Get you going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this, uh, you can see the the benefit of of heeding this wisdom. So you you see something that could be done. You have the ability to do it. If you do do it, it could be to your advantage. Mm. And if you don't, they might come back to bite you. Yeah. And that it? I wonder if that's where that phrase came from. Came back to bite you. Came ya. back to bite you. You didn't charm a snake. Maybe. I like how you applied this uh, to the in the church. You do? You mm-hmm. do? All right. Yeah. If what you, about it? If what about you, you like? If you, if you see something that needs to be done. <laughs> right. Go ahead and do it. Yeah. That's simple. Simple principle. And I was just, I was just listing off examples in my head. Of <laughs> oh, dude. I got a funny one. I got a... <laughs> I've got a funny one for you. Oh, yeah? Oh, you tell yours. That's well, I... I <laughs> Your fellow er, uh, elders are uh, are not always the most uh, <laughs> attentive during your sermons because I got a I got a text from Parker after while you were preaching this point. Golden opportunity for uh, your someone needs to clean the bird poop off the sidewalk. That's right. That's what I was going. Was that your? That's that what that I was going to bring up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got I got hit with that one. Did you get hit with that as well? Uh. Because it was on a day I was going to preach. I was walking into the church. and this... I heard it. I don't know if it was yeah. directed towards me, but I did I did hear it. Okay. We, have, thought... ge- we have geese that walk through our, yeah. our parking lot. And there are occasions where there's a lot of goose poop right. on the sidewalk and the, and the parking lot. And someone came up and 
Ask ask me why that why don't I clean up the goose poop? Yeah. Jay, I know that you're getting ready to preach, but why don't you why don't you put that on hold? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go out and clean the the goose poop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh it's along the lines of a uh, previous pastor that I worked with told the story of Sunday morning he was getting ready to preach mm-hmm. and one of the deacons came up and said there's no toilet paper in the men's restroom. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. That's one of my favorite stories. Mm-hmm. We got to write a I'm it's telling you got to write a a little book. Mm-hmm. A little a little one of those little like books that people read in the bathroom of these stories. Yeah. Uh, an example that's going to hit maybe some people that listen is uh, every summer it seems like someone says, "Are we going to have VBS?" <laughs> You're throwing a plug out there? I'm throwing a plug out for there. For not coordinating VBS? <clears throat> it's always just kind of this general yeah. question. Hey. Why? Hey, are we going to have VBS? Well, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do you want to apply apply this sermon? Yeah, yeah. to that question. Yeah, yeah. That's I said. Uh, well, I, I don't know if people don't feel like they have the freedom to do that. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a maybe there is there's kind of a, a an uncertainty. What can we do? Maybe maybe that's something that we could talk about real quick. What right. what can people in our church do without like getting, I hate saying permission. What 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 can they what what do they have the freedom to do without like asking the elders? Oh, I, I mean, there's there's certainly yeah, there's certainly um, communication. Like mm-hmm. if someone wants to do VBS, right? Like you communicate with the elders, and and so we you know know <laughs> there's going to be VBS, but if someone wants to coordinate vbs and plan it yeah if you need church resources i think Mm -hmm. that's i mean if you need if you need the church to help resource what you're doing then then of course you would need to to ask and and someone but if it doesn't require church resource people ask me like hey what if i started a bible study Mm. and i'm like cool like you don't need my permission for that (laughs) right start a bible study in your house Mm -hmm. great i wish everyone would do that with all of their friends and family and neighbors but go for it Mm -hmm. but if you want us to resource that, mm. or you maybe you want someone to teach at that, then you're going to need to to ask about that. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, so that that's kind of where it is. Or like if it's starting a ministry, like uh, if they if they see a need, right? Um, you don't have to, like you said, if there's, I mean, if we don't like, if you're not asking for money, right? Um, like if you see a need, yeah, I mean. It, <laughs> We forget the whole purpose of pastors is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, right. and that word ministry is the word for for deacon. It's mm. the word for service. Yeah, so you can do pretty much anything as long as it's not like, hey, this is official church thing, mm. or is it like a teaching related thing? I think if you're if you're teaching kind of under the umbrella of this is part of Christ Fellowship Church, then we might want to see what you're teaching. Yeah, like what is that teaching? Like, don't start your own Sunday school class, right? Yeah, but yeah, if you're in your in your home or out in town and you start a Bible study, go for it. You see, maybe you see something that needs addressed at the church. Mm-hmm. Just create an idea. This is, I think, the best advice. I would like to see this happen at this church, at mm-hmm. our church. Right. It's maybe it's it is a ministry related thing. Okay, maybe you're the one that God has call is calling to do it. So you create a plan. And then you come and you present your plan to the elders. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, here's what I noticed. Here's what I think is a good way to to do it. 
um, what do you guys think? Mm -hmm. Rather than just going, hey, there's a need. Uh, why don't you guys get on this? <laughs> right. You know? And like I said, I'm not going to get on it because I'm up late at night thinking about snake charmers. Mm. Or yeah. staring at, you come by the office, you're like, what is Jay doing? He's just staring at the wall. <laughs> he hasn't moved for an hour. It's it's the snake charmers. Yeah. It's these verses. Uh-huh. You know? So, <laughs> Yeah. You're equipped. Yeah. You guys have, uh, you know, you have your. Uh, you're cuts. not. You're not thinking about cleaning up goose poop, right? Yeah, I'm not thinking about the goose poop. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, number three: applying shrewdness in the sphere of speech. Yeah. This is interesting to think about, <clears throat> and the kind of how I opened this point was with this comment that words are powerful. Um. Well, they unlock the force of faith. <laughs> they do. And they create mm -hmm. reality. They do. We yep. all know that, Jay. You, speak, you can speak reality into existence. Uh -huh. No, we don't turn off the podcast. We don't actually believe that. However, yeah. words, I think, can, are maybe even more powerful than the word of faith people think they are. Mm. They, they have this like magic thing. Like, I can speak, and then I get a, a, a parking spot toward the front. Or I can speak whatever, you know, and I can bring this reality into being for my kids. Usually it's always blessings and prosperity based. Um, but, but words are incredibly powerful. And that's what this section, I think, really, uh, it contrasts here for us, that there are the ways, uh, the words of a wise man's mouth, and then there's the words of a fool. Mm -hmm. And that links back to the two paths, kind of, when we talked about last week. So there, 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 there was a way to speak to people in the world, which is wise. That's the way we should be speaking. Then there's the way fools speak in the world, mm -hmm. and that's what's contrasted here. <clears throat> I use the illustration of Winston Churchill. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to think about this speech that he gave in the House of Commons in, in 4th of June, 1940, because we weren't involved in the war yet. We didn't really, mm -hmm. we were like dragging our feet and wanted to get involved and all that. But they're on the verge of defeat. Right. And if, if, uh, if the Germans would have won and, and England would have fallen, and they occupied England, it was game over for America. Mm -hmm. And they were taking Europe. I mean, like they were spreading, like it could have changed world history. And Winston Churchill gave a speech, which gave uh, the leaders and his fellow countrymen like the uh, determination and the, and the hope that they could win and, and that they, would, they had decided that they would just fight until the last person died. Mm -hmm. They would never surrender. Right. It, they'd have to fight to the last person. Incredible speech. There's a movie about it you can go watch if you want to see how close we were to the brink of like destruction. Yeah. And this speech literally changed the course of human history. Mm -hmm. So words are very powerful. You can, uh, you know, if you're a parent, you have the ability to really build, you can build your kids up or you can tear them down. You run into adults all the time that have like uh, problems in their life because of the things their parents said to them. And it'll hang with them for like 25 years. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, so our words are very important. They're very, they're very powerful. Maybe here would be a good uh, spot for us to, to maybe talk a little bit more about this in particular because we live in a, a society where words are violence. <laughs> right. So maybe we need to distinguish what we're talking about because, yes, words are powerful. Words can hurt or heal. Um, but... It's that's that's kind of being abused to mm -hmm. to mean if we speak the truth in love, 
even if it's if it offends somebody right then it is it's it's violence well I mean, it's it's it i mean we talk about hate speech well um you know using using a person's a person's you know pronouns that uh-huh. they want to use um and if we don't then we're well this we're is transphobic and stuff like that so well, this is the game okay the game is and they know it that words are powerful right so if they can make you stop saying mm-hmm. true things yeah. which are wisdom wise things then they can say things like men can menstruate mm-hmm. okay now if you can say those things and that's not ever pushed back against with words of wisdom mm-hmm. now you've changed society so it's a battle over words and what it is it's um it's a manipulation technique. Well, you don't you care about them? Mm-hmm. Well, but your word your words aren't wise words. These words are your words are bigoted, hurtful words. Mm. No, these words are truthful words, and truth uh, truth can wound you for the purpose of healing you. Mm. And sometimes you need to hear a a hard truth so that you can uh, be saved from something that's going to ruin your life. Mm-hmm. So that's the game. The game is to shut down. Speech, because speech is powerful, speech can change culture, speech can shape people's minds, so they want a particular kind of speech shut down so that they can then, the words of fools can run rampant. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the idea. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, when you look at your text, you see that the beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness and the end of his talk is evil madness. So this is uh, kind of what is said, foolish talk, what is the end of that talk? It's evil madness. Mm-hmm. And that, that, you, did, you gave some great examples. Yeah. It's um, the words evil madness, they carry a, um, it's moral activity. Okay, mm-hmm. This isn't like just a state of mind. Mm-hmm. We might would think, well, evil madness is like somebody's just gone crazy. Yeah. But that's not what he's saying. Th- these two words coupled together like this mean... Behavior which is morally perverse or mm-hmm. wicked, which means it's contrary to God's law mm-hmm. in the Bible. The, right. what, that's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Foolish talk, the end of that is rebellion against God. To such a degree, its perversity is now called evil madness. Mm-hmm. He, he says uh, he says something along those lines in, um, I think it's chapter 5, where he says that, uh, in man's heart is is madness. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly where it is, but it's it, yeah, it's the it's the doing. Uh-huh. It's the doing. So yeah. there's there's like a pro, there's a process, right? Like there's a there's a, a flow. Yeah, and this is why the battle for words is important, and mm-hmm. you should never give or cave with people who are trying to reshape words and change their meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the examples that I gave like in America's past, in our history, people would say back then, what would they say? Black people aren't fully human. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, fo- that's foolish speech. And American slavery and segregation were the evil madness. Right. You don't get the evil madness without the, the first. Mm-hmm. Right. For, the first step is necessary, that the words are taking form and shaping, but they're not wise words. They're not the words, all men are created in the image of God. <clears throat> They're the right. words that are contrary to God's word. Mm-hmm. 
once that takes hold, then you get the action mm -hmm. that flows from that. Same thing that happened in same thing that happened in Germany. Right. That Jews are they, they would say back then the Germans would say things like Jews are less than animals. Mm -hmm. They're less than animals. They're parasites. Mm -hmm. They're subhumans. Yeah. Well, once that speech took hold in a society, well then now you've got the the evil the evil madness can mm. can take effect. That's the same kind of language that's used in the uh, abortion mm -hmm. industry, right? The, they call the, a the, child a parasite. A parasite. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. And that's what you have in America today. My body, my choice. That's foolish talk. It's mm. not a baby. That's a parasite. Mm. And what do we have? We have women, you know, tearing their babies apart, paying somebody to tear their baby apart in their own womb. That's evil madness. That's what it is. Mm. That's perversity to a high degree. Um, same thing. There, there are more than two genders. They're controlling the narrative by controlling the speech and the definition of gender, definition of words. They're changing it all. And that's foolishness. That's foolish talk. Right? And where does that lead? Mutilating children, underage children who can't go get a tattoo. <laughs> right. Right? I, cannot, I cannot go get a tattoo. But without my parents' permission, people are now arguing that... that that it is morally acceptable to mutilate a child irreversibly mm -hmm. to where they could never have children and literally ruined the rest of their life. That's evil. Mm -hmm. That's evil madness. Yeah. It doesn't happen without the words, the foolish words, the foolish talk happening mm -hmm. first. Um, same thing with the drag. Drag shows are now considered art and educational. Mm -hmm. Drag is art and educational. That's the way the foolish talk is trying to shape the reality of our world. And in the end of that talk is where you get these insane women holding their little kids while a grown perverse man who gets off on, on looking at little kids, watch him, he twerks and spreads his legs in front of little kids at a public library. Mm -hmm. And if you speak out against it, they'll say, well, it's because something's wrong with you. Yeah. No, it's because you are a fool, mm. and your mind has been so darkened by the foolish talk, it'll accept any behavior now. Mm -hmm. that's, the way it, that's the way it unfolds, and it has forever through the course of human history. Yeah. Words are powerful. Yeah. They can shape the world around you. And the fool just can't stop talking. Yep. They can't stop. Even though the a fool's words are their own destruction, it leads to evil madness, they're, they just talk. They mm. just... They go on and on. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you, I didn't use this illustration, but turn the view on. <laughs> you want an example of this? Turn on the view. Fools that just won't stop, stop talking. Right. And yeah. saying foolish things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Completely and utterly moronic. Mm -hmm. um, to see women on TV argue <laughs> for men invading. Uh, women's athletics and defend it. Mm -hmm. Like, what happened to you? <laughs> right. Well, your mind is so dark, darkened. You're you're a fool. Mm -hmm. You've you've uh, given up the wisdom of God, and you've you have the wisdom of this world, which is utter foolishness. Yeah, madness is the proper it is the proper term. Um, that uh, that verse is over in chapter nine. Mm -hmm. um, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. Yeah. Uh, it, maybe explain verse 15 for us, because that's another verse that um, is a little, a little strange, a little difficult. I don't really know how it really fit. It was, you yeah. know, I, so I go to the commentaries. Mm -hmm. uh, the toilet of a fool wears him, for he doesn't know the way of the city. It's a Hebrew idiom 
this is I'm taking the Hebrew scholars at their word because mm-hmm. I have no way to verify. <laughs> uh, so I just trust you know their people that I trust that I can read, and it's a Hebrew idiom that means something like he doesn't know his head from a hole in the ground. You know that from a different a different way, George. Your uh, your father in law actually came up. To Did he us say it after after the church? <laughs> Well, I, I went. Uh, Julia and I were talking to some visitors, and he said <laughs> Your it. Father-in-law came up, and he said, "Well, I heard I heard that one differently." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we like to keep it G-rated though in our sermons. Yeah, <laughs> we go PG thirteen on the podcast, but we never dip into the R-rated. I guess that's for the church entry. Is that what you're telling me? I guess that's. I guess that is. I don't know. You can look up the alternative to that idiom if you want for your own self. <laughs> He doesn't know his head from a hole in the ground, meaning yeah. that a fool a fool doesn't know his way to his own town. Yeah. So don't listen <laughs> don't listen to his words. Right. You know, so you be wise. Mm-hmm. Use wise words, uh, avoid foolish talk. Yeah. So so practically for us, so that's this is a description of the fool. We don't want to be the fool. So um <clears throat> recognize that words are powerful. Mm-hmm. Um conform your your words to God's truth, God's word. Yeah. Don't uh, talk, don't talk so much. Yeah. The words of a wise man's mouth win him favor. Mm-hmm. This is, you can observe this. You can see it in, in Jesus. I gave the example of Jesus because he's the best example of all, all of this, mm-hmm. but just the way he spoke and the way he talked drew people to himself. So he, he would draw crowds. Mm-hmm. Now, when the crowd would get there and he could maybe discern their <clears throat> motives were not good, he would say something very provocative but true. Mm-hmm. It would disperse the crowd. Yeah. But people could not deny that he his words were gracious. They would marvel at the words coming from his mouth, the gracious speech. They would say, where did this man get this wisdom? He speaks like no one we've ever heard speak before. It's because he is wisdom incarnate, and wisdom is the wisdom of God is just flowing out of him. Now, even a non-believer recognizes this, and I'm sure if you've been a Christian for a while, you'll notice that how when things go wrong in people's life, though they have a big sphere, you know, and friends and associates, who do they always come to, George? Mm -hmm. Like, you'd think that they would give them a hint. If I'm coming to this person for advice about my life, it's because I can discern they're wise. They're more wise than everyone else I know. Yeah. But I only want to come to him when I have a problem. Right. But that's this. This is ha- this is what happens. This mm-hmm. Is what he observes. You know, you're, the words of the wise win him favor. Yeah. Be known, they may they be may turn someone who's... they may turn on you for other things. Right. Yeah. But oh, I I uh, I used to have people come and just confess things to me, mm-hmm. and it was so weird. You're just trying to weld your signs. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> right. Yeah, they they just because they would come to the the Christian, mm-hmm. even though they didn't want to become a Christian themselves, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, but be known as a person who's who's wise, right. who's wise with your words. Mm-hmm. Don't speak like a foolish person. Mm-hmm. Um, don't engage in the same the same conversations that the unbelievers. Have you ever done this? In. Have you ever said, okay, I'll tell you what to do, but I know you're not going to listen to me. <laughs> I have done that before. Because that's how it goes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to do what you already decided you want to do, mm-hmm. but I'll I'll tell you what you should do. It's like they want absolution. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know either. Yeah, man. but regardless of whether they listen to you or not, be known as a person who is wise. Yeah. Um, if you're just engaged in the same foolish and coarse talking that that everyone else is engaged in, then you're not going to be distinguishable from mm-hmm. the rest of the fools. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Last one. Verses 16 and 17 apply shrewdness to the sphere of government. <clears throat> so there are two governments ca- contrasted here. Mm-hmm. And you can see it. Yeah. I think it's pretty clear in the text. There's uh, happy is the word blessed. Yeah. Yeah, so you have so the ESV pulling ESV stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Translating a word differently. Uh, I mean, but that's what blessed means. It's uh-huh. supreme happiness. Uh-huh. Right. So there are two two governments. One of them blesses the land mm-hmm. or and the people. Obviously it stands for the people too. Right. Not just like they're gonna grow crops. <clears throat> the land is blessed because this government is functioning with the best intentions of the governed. Mm-hmm. Then there's a different type of government. It's woe to you, O land. Right. And this is, he uses the illustration of a child. Um, your king is a child. Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child. Well, why? Because kids are foolish. Mm. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. Mm-hmm. Solomon knew this firsthand. So when he became king, he was at least discerning to know enough to know that he lacked the wisdom necessary to rule this people. Yeah, he... he... I mean, he explicitly says that to to God when God asks him, ask anything you want. He says, I don't know how to lead such a great people. Mm-hmm. So he, he gets supernatural wisdom mm-hmm. imparted. And, uh, but that's not how it works in the rest of the world mm-hmm. because Solomon has a special plan in God's plan of redemption. Everywhere, everywhere else we go, a child is the ruler. That's not great mm-hmm. because the child is not equipped to rule. That's the illustration he's using to tell you there's a bad type of government, and then he tells you uh, your prince's feast in the morning. What about uh, what about old uh, old politicians that act like children? Yeah, same. I mean, we pretty much have a child as president right now, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is uh, obviously, I think, a sign that uh, we are not uh, being blessed by God right now mm-hmm. as a nation. Look at our leaders that we've had repeatedly. They feast in the morning. Because they all they care about is indulging, mm. like they're in leadership for themselves. They're feasting in the morning. No one feasts in the morning. They're partying in the morning, eating their expensive ice cream. Yep, in the morning. Yep, they <laughs> are and they are enriching themselves. Uh, sound like uh, that sound like anyone in our government? Nancy, yeah, remember that Nancy Pelosi video where she pulls out the the ice cream out of her? I thought you were her remember. big fridge. Oh yeah, I do. Do you remember that? I do. I thought you were referencing uh, to the the current president who loves chocolate. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, he comes comes down because there's ice cream. He loves that ice cream. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Nancy Pelosi. Check out. I'm totally normal. Look at me. (laughs) Let me open my thirty thousand dollar refrigerator and show you my ice cream. Yeah. (laughs) And of course, they all got all of our politicians get rich. Mm -hmm. Like, how can you get rich in your salary? Is what is it like one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year for these? Senators, somewhere around there, and now you leave, and you've got twenty million. Mm. Uh, something's going on here, right? So into insider trading, um, nepotism. Yeah, this is our government. Our government, both mm. Democrats and Republicans, mm-hmm. they feast in the morning. Right. They they aren't ruling for the benefit of the people. Mm. It's a big drama that's playing out before us, right? They exist to stay in power and to enrich themselves and to 
to ensure that the party stays in power. That's it. That's their that's their sole purpose in life. Mm-hmm. So if they can cause division and cause people to hate each other, then that's what the that's the tool that they'll use. Um, I'm convinced more than ever that that's both sides of our government. Mm-hmm. They don't really care about us, but there there is a form of government that does. It's good, and that's what's uh, presented here. Happy are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobility and your princes feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunken, drunkenness. And the imagery is is the government that is at work for the people. They're wise. They're able to rule, and they're not doing it for the for themselves, to enrich themselves. They're doing it for the people, and the land <clears throat> is blessed. Seems like they have them. self-control. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, it's a simple, simple uh, lesson here. About these forms of, I mean, you're going to run into them throughout history. Right now, we're just happen to be in a. So what? Maybe what are we one. supposed to do? Because um, we're not in, we're not in government, mm. so we can we can observe this, we can lament it, but what can we actually do? Because uh, we're, I mean, we're we're too. We're two uh, pastors of a small church in Southwest Oklahoma, and we don't really have, well, uh, yeah. you know, power. Well, one thing other pastors can do is they can stop being cowards, and they can start telling people that to uh, to put your support behind a candidate who uh, has as their goal to implement godlessness in our country. Mm-hmm. If you don't speak against that to your people mm-hmm. and tell your people, you cannot compartmentalize your life into mm-hmm. where oh I'm a Christian at work I'm a Christian father but I but I vote this way supporting godlessness mm-hmm. that's sin right you can't do that right so first off it would take pastors to to start to speak out more clearly on in the realm of politics which they haven't for a long time and there seems to be this idea that that uh, Republicans and Democrats shouldn't the church shouldn't divide over this. Yeah. Um, but we're we've been very clear in the past um, that yeah, there there's problems with both parties, mm-hmm. but only one party's platform is all about abortion, homosexuality, transgender stuff, and it's it's not the Republicans, right. it's the Democrats. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I I feel completely free to say. Uh, a Christian should not ever vote for a Democrat. Mm. Um, there may be some good Democrats left. I don't know, mm. but the party itself, you have to tow, you have, and you have to po- tow the party line. I mean, the yeah. uh, Chuck Schumer has explicitly said that there's not going to be any pro-life Democrats. I could vote for a Democrat if they were anti-abortion mm. and they were um, for biblical family values, meaning they weren't for the LGBTQ agenda. Mm-hmm. I could do that if you know the Republican candidate was not as good a candidate and was compromised on those issues. So for me, but you're never going to get that because they're never going to platform that person. No, at and, all. And they're just going to be a they're just going to be a, a drop in the yeah. bucket. And mm-hmm. even if they voted on those those issues, uh, the the party as a whole is is godless. We think uh, about and this, I, and I would and I would say that to vote for a Democrat would be a uh, reason for church discipline. Uh, 
Uh, yes, yes, I agree. But think about how much they've changed. This mm-hmm. is the struggle because you've got people who are more classically liberal, right? And and by that they mean that they're for like freedom of speech and they're actually for less government intrusion in mm-hmm. your life and right. all these things. They could never be like JFK mm-hmm. could never be a Democrat today. Yeah, there is not a chance. Yeah, that they would ever ever run that man. Don't ask what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Right. Is that, <laughs> right. Yeah. You're not, not going to hear that from the modern Democratic I, Party. <laughs> I don't even think Bill Clinton could run for uh, Maybe, office yeah. in the Democrat Party as we know it today. Mm. He couldn't do it, man. There's yeah. not a chance. Mm. Didn't he, uh, didn't he, um, and this is not a pro Bill Clinton speech here, <laughs> but didn't he uh, sign the Freedom of Religion uh, Act? What is the name of that bill? I don't know. I don't know. The one they're trying to overturn right now. I haven't even been paying attention. I don't. I don't know. I want to look it up. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. But um. Yeah. There has been a. There has been a shift. Church. I mean, church discipline. You, you talked about that. How is and not because we're platforming a, a particular party, but because you cannot support. The Democratic Party. Well, I call like I'm not, I'm not saying vote Republican. I'm saying don't vote Democrat. Well, I I told you I told before, and I think I said it on I don't know if it's on this podcast or wherever, but the uh, the people in Oklahoma's government that opposed uh, bills to completely abolish yeah. abortion, if they were members of our church, right, church discipline, right, like why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for to for to save political face so mm-hmm. that you can get reelected. Right. This is not a popular bill. Why are you compromised on this issue, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, you're not applying biblical truth, and you're upholding lawlessness. Mm. So I, you, you don't make it a Republican-Democrat thing, even for a Republican oh, yeah. to support policies. Yeah, definitely. Pastors need to grow a spine. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't control government, but you control who your members are. Yeah. You and the congregation, like, you don't have all power, like in our church anyway, in a congregational church... You don't control the political sphere, but you can tell them, well, you can go do that stuff in the political sphere, Yeah, but you will not be a member of this congregation. Right. And, and what I'm seeing from people like Russell Moore, Tim Keller, these guys, is that, that the, the, common, the common trope is, well, the kingdom of God is not made up of a particular political party. Right. I agree. But the problem is you've got one particular party that is anti-god yes and to to say well they do all this other good stuff is foolish Mm -hmm. it's absolutely foolish well they 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 may say that a woman has the right to to murder her baby up to the point of birth or some of them even after but i'm sure that they have our best interest in mind when it comes to like healthcare, right? <laughs> like, you're, you are a stupid person to think that. Mm-hmm. To think that that uh, this doesn't bleed over. That there's there's no connection. They don't care. A- anybody that supports butchering a baby in the womb does not have your best interest at mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone that thinks that mutilating children who don't even know what they want to eat for lunch, but they know what what their uh, their gender is yeah um and want to alter it irreversibly mm-hmm. anyone who supports that stuff does not care about you mm-hmm. 
Now, there may there may come a time when a Christian cannot even vote in this country. Yeah. Because the Republican Party is compromised. Oh, yeah. They are. They're already compromising on LGBTQ issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there could come a time here where, I mean, what's the options? Form a third party, which, you know, maybe needs to happen. Or you just don't get. You just don't vote. You just vote locally, like in your local elections. Mm. I mean, th- th- that's that's kind of some application I gave. Is you can vote in your local elections because they really have the day to day impact on your life, other than you know taxes and stuff that come down from the federal government. But mm. most of the time, we don't even know who's running for local stuff. Mm. You know, we just don't because all that we're bombarded with is the national stuff. But voting in your local, voting in your state stuff. But there could come a time where you can't you can't do it anymore. Not in, not with a clear conscience uh, before God. I could foresee that day coming. Mm-hmm. So, uh, some of the application that I gave was maybe we start thinking about how we change things in America. You you know you brought up the idea of church discipline. That's a good place to start. You can start there. Um, not that people would care anyway, right? I could foresee someone who's like, "Oh, you want a church? You don't want me to be part of your church mm. because I don't because I don't uh, advocate for biblical values in government." Um, well, then I'll just go to this other church yeah, that has a PCUSA. Yeah, I'll just go over here and give communion to my dog, right? <laughs> See you later. Yeah. But that's okay because you, now you've protected the purity of mm. the church. Yeah. But what you can do is you can start to. Uh, think tactically about your children. Mm-hmm. Understand for far too long, Christians have been too... Um, I don't know what the word is for it. Maybe fallen asleep behind the wheel. <laughs> Other people are putting their kids in... Uh, they're, they're shaping their children's futures and letting them go into the world with the aim of advocating their pagan worldview. Mm. I don't know if they would articulate it that way, but that's what they're doing. They, they'll go to important schools, get educated at those schools, get into influential jobs and positions to shape culture. Mm-hmm. So we're going li- to live here until the world ends, so maybe we start to aim our children, the ones that show potential, they're bright, they're smart, they're good, logical thinkers, um, they know the Bible well, they're wise, encourage them to go into that fight. Yeah. Well, I think that um, we need to remember that the state of our, our country happened on the church's watch. Mm. I think, I mean, think about these, uh, think about a lot of these like Ivy League schools that are just super liberal. Yeah. They started out as Christian universities. Yeah. Where where is the problem? Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Princeton seminaries to train pastors. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where? What's the problem? Right. The problem is the church compromised. Um, the church has not spoken to these issues. They haven't held people accountable for these issues. They haven't. Uh, they haven't protected the the purity of the church through through church discipline. Right. Um. And then we send our kids to these schools that teach this stuff without any kind of um, accountability, any kind of, I mean, 
Um, I mean, like I've said before, you, you can send your kid to public school, but you can't be apathetic about it. You send your kid to a public school and, and just don't care about what they're, they're being taught. You're dumb. Careful. Mm. <laughs> um, to and to send them to a university without <laughs> any, any care. That's, that's really dumb. Mm -hmm. Um, even if it's a so-called Christian school, um, you send your kid to OBU, you better be like in their lives, right? Um, holding them accountable, making sure they go to a healthy church, make sure that they are surrounding themselves with, with, uh, you know, Christian friends mm -hmm. because, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, uh, all the science teachers at OBU teach some form of theistic evolution. Yeah. Uh, they're not. They're not. Uh, they're not just pure well, uh, orthodox creationists. This, and that, I mean, that's just across the board. You have to be. You have to be in your kids' lives, or the world is going to train them. Yeah, you're not here. It's a. It's complicated. What's well, not complicated? But it's. It's complex in this sense that, if, we're going to like reshape some of these things in our country our children are going to have to go to these schools, right? Because you need the credentials to get into those spheres, to even be at the table. So you've got to disciple your children from the time they're little. Right? You have to be very intentional about the way that you are discipling them and training them and equipping them. Uh, because they're, you can send your kid to some like tried-and-true biblical school, but they're not going to get a job at a place working for Supreme Court justice without going to Harvard or Yale or Cambridge. And when they go to those places, they're going to be bombarded with the secular worldview. Mm. So before they get there, are they mature and able to stand against the world? Knowing that, okay, I'm not going to compromise what I believe here to pass class, and it's going to be difficult. Like, we know, we know someone right now who's at... Uh, She's at Harvard University, and it is as bad as you would imagine. Mm -hmm. She is majorly in the minority. But when she's done, she will have uh, the ability to get places that we can't get and to speak to people we won't be able to speak speak to. Mm -hmm. So you got you know start thinking about that, whether you do like we do, you know, our school system here, well, in cash, I don't know about, about Lawton, but we have some people, some members of our church that are teachers in Lawton, and I'm glad that they're there, but even if you are homeschooling your child, but that's not enough. Mm -hmm. The disi discipleship has got to go beyond, we are no longer in the public school. It's got to be real, mm -hmm. and it's got to be like, when you walk by the way, when you rise, and when you when you lay down, mm -hmm. you're teaching your child to apply God's wisdom to right. every area of their life. Mm -hmm. And then, um, like, so I'm thinking about like for Brooke, how, how could I see her? Like the way God has equipped my daughter. Who knows? She can, you know, she will make her own life's decisions. But it seems to me that she's equipped very well to argue. Um, she's very sharp. She's almost like, kind of like Ben Shapiro-y, right? Um, she is an athlete, and there's a battle. There's going to be a battle coming for for females in this country when it comes to uh, the abuse. I, I call it identity rape. That's what men are doing to the women. 
and there's going to be need to be a woman because the way our culture is, men don't have a, really a say unless they're unless they're a gender mutilating man, <laughs> right? They're not going to listen to us regular men. Um, she's interested maybe going to law school, so go to law school and she can get involved in that fight. Um, another thing, I was thinking about this on the way in today. Companies will pay women. Now, we understand the most beneficial thing for a woman is to be at home with her children. That's the best thing. But that's not the way our society works, mm. okay? And there are companies that will pay for a woman to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. And these th- these women on the left are so deceived. They think that's a good thing. Right. Well, they don't. The cover, they, these companies don't care about them at all. No. What they know is it's cheaper for them to pay for yeah. an abortion <laughs> than for you to get pregnant and right. then take maternity leave. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, have to take yeah. time off every time your kid gets sick and right. now you're a mom. They don't want mommies. Mm-hmm. And that you're just another body right. that can get pregnant. And if you get pregnant, they want to pay for you. So I think at just society, that would be illegal. Mm. It'd be criminal. Yeah. Now someone's got to fight that in the in the legal sphere. So I think if you have a corporation that does employ women, you it should be criminal criminal charges if you pay for a woman to get an abortion. Oh yeah. And it's I, the same as hiring a hitman. Yeah. And I think we are insane in America when we have these like these uh, European nations that seem to value women and childbirth more than we do. Like they have these incredibly long maternity leaves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, right. Even though, you know, I, I think it would be better for a woman to be at home with their young children, I think even secular women should have that option. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things, like, I'm not for paying a lot of taxes, but if you could tell me, hey, Jay, if you pay more taxes this much, it will not be, ear- it will not be used for other stupid fluff things like researching, like, <laughs> algae, you know, or, what, or whatever, or are there gay monkeys all, all of your tax money that that we're going to raise, it's going to go to uh, to women's maternity leave. That's one of the things where I could say, okay, you know what I mean, or veterans' rights. I'll pay more taxes for actual things that benefit families and things that benefit veterans. So, will she get involved in those fights? Uh, I think she's equipped to do it, um, and she'd be ruthless, man. She'd be ruthless. And I think it's okay to be ruthless in a holy way, to expose the folly. Oh, yeah. Someone's got to expose the... Well, yeah, you you, you, you reveal yeah. the, the foolishness of, mm-hmm. of fools, right? I think that in this, my my thinking, and I, I think this is right, is um, it all comes down to the health of the church. Mm-hmm. Because even if you've got this strong Christian, but they're just a lone wolf, it's it's going to be disastrous, right? Um, we've it it's it's got to start at the church. It's got to start at the church and the families, and then it can work its way to other spheres. But if you have, um, I mean, if you go to a church that that just well, we we're not going to divide over Republican and Democrat. We're not gonna we're not going to divide over this this stuff, right? Um, or they don't care about church discipline. Just you know, people are just living however they want. The like their theology is not infiltrating their their worldviews, um, how they're they're thinking, 
how they're actually living out in the public sphere. Um, you've got pastors that are just telling, you know, stories and morality and, and uh, like if you're going to a church like that and you send your kids out to, you know, be missionaries or whatever. I saw, I saw a statistic that said like a quarter of kids in high schools now are identifying as some kind of LGBTQ. Plus. Oh yeah. And the comment was, our kids have been terrible missionaries <laughs> like that because that's not, that's not, uh, that's not their, mm-hmm. that's not their job. Like, I, Julia and I were public school kids and we turned out fine, mm-hmm. uh, by God's grace. But we talk often about the fact that, and we were Christians, like we weren't influencing our friends. Our friends were influencing us. Right. Um, We've got to we've got to do better, mm-hmm. and it starts at the church and the family, and um, we we we've got to be we got to have healthy churches and healthy families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You you um, there's a tendency in the church. I think I first heard Vody Bauckham talk about this years ago, but I thought about it this week when when I was preparing this and thinking through this. That if there is a uh, say, there's a young man in your congregation who is intelligent, very intelligent, and knows the scriptures very, like, has them down, like, knows the word, is theologically savvy. What does everyone in the church try to do to them? Mm-hmm. What do they do? Right. They try to tell, make them a pastor. Right. You should be a pastor. You should be teaching. And he, Vody says, that's to get him away from all the regular men, because they make them uncomfortable. Oh, like, yeah. we want that guy. He's extraordinary. Mm. You're a pastor. Get away from us, <laughs> so that we can stay in our mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he's really onto something there. Yeah. But I think the the other part of that is that there's a lot of people that should never be pastors. Oh, absolutely. I'm they, sh- I mean, they should have been aimed at like the legal sphere or the political sphere. I mean, I don't. <sighs> you know what I mean? I heard just I heard just terrible stuff from like guys that were trained to be pastors in seminary that they didn't know their bibles at all like mm-hmm. it's it's like churches are just sending new christians to seminary mm-hmm. um seminary should not be the place where you're learning the basics of the christian faith mm-hmm. it should be where the church should be where you're learning to be a christian yeah um and the seminary should give you some extra tools <clears throat> yeah um to do that you, some of these classes that we had to take in seminary are things that you should learn in the local church. Mm-hmm. Like we shouldn't have to take a class on evangelism um, in seminary. That's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think that you should have to take an evangelism class at seminary because you should already be learning how to do evangelism in your local church. You should already come to seminary as an evangelist. Yeah. Um, go to seminary to learn the languages. You probably don't want to come to us to learn Greek and Hebrew. Right. Um, you can go to people that that are trained to teach that. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of this stuff, you should already learn it in in uh, the local church. <clears throat> and so, I mean, I'm sure you you knew people in seminary that you'd hear them preach and you'd be like, God has not gifted you. Right. Like, what are you doing here? Because uh-huh. it's so easy to get in the seminary mm-hmm. because seminary has become a business. Right. Like, it's become so bloated. You've got to have the enrollment. You got to keep so it going. You can, it, it's like you have to keep it, keep it, keep it in uh, you know, perpetuity. Yep. Um, that's God will God will call people into mm-hmm. the ministry, 
Um, first time I told uh, my uncle, Philip's dad, that I felt called into the ministry, first words out of his mouth, don't do it. <laughs> That's the encouragement that you need, right? <laughs> uh, but he told me something that was, that was uh, it stuck with me through times when churches have wanted to fire me. If you can do anything else, do that. Mm. But if you can't do anything else, then don't do anything else. And that's stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Like I feel this, um, I don't even know how to describe it, this pull, <laughs> I've got to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, because God's called me to do it. And he's equipped me to do it. And the church has called me. Yeah. Um, but you're right. There's a lot of people that they go to... I was listening to a sermon a couple of weeks ago. The pastor said, uh, "There are many of you here." And it was, uh, it was at, it was at the, it was at Chapel in Southern. I mean, he was talking to people that were there training to be in the ministry. He said, "A lot of you shouldn't be here. Mm. The only reason you're here is because you you preached one time at your church, and a sweet old lady at the church said you should be a preacher." Ooh, yeah, yeah. That's that's not good enough. <laughs> that's right. not good enough. We we do de- and we see that. We see it in the church. There yeah. are pe- there are people that are preaching week after week that should not be preaching week after week. Mm-hmm. Um we do need good pastors. Um we should be praying that God would raise up godly men um for the church, for the right. sake of the church. But you're right. Not every not everybody needs to go yeah, into that. I mean, we should. I mean, I pray. I pray constantly. We've got a bunch of kids. I pray that God will raise up some missionaries. Mm-hmm. Like God, we need missionaries. We need godly missionaries to go out into the world. I pray that some of our kids at this church will become missionaries. But should they all be missionaries? Doubtful. Right. Yeah. But a lot of them can stay here mm-hmm. and have a big impact. Yeah. If like as as they're little, we start to disciple them to understand right. being a Christian doesn't mean that you're a Christian at home and at church. Mm-hmm. It means God's particularly equipped you yeah. with a brilliant mind. Now go be a uh, a neurosurgeon mm-hmm. and get on some powerful board and fight against the demonic trends that are invading even the medical sphere right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Got to have Christians in those spheres mm-hmm. that when they're, they're sitting around a boardroom, they can go, hey, like, I thought we were supposed to be scientists here. <laughs> right. You guys are over here, like, <laughs> trying to alter the entire medical field yeah. over things that are absolutely right. insane. Yeah. There needs to be more Christians in those spheres. Mm-hmm. The polit- We're talking about bad governments. As, as ugly as it is, somebody's got to get involved that's a Christian, mm-hmm. and that's our children. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just retreat from entire the entirety of society, right. or it's going to be even worse than it is now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, God, and and we, we trust in God's sovereignty. Right. Like, we live in this time. Um, yeah, I, I wish that my kids would live in a a better time. Well, if but, any if but, anyone is honest, you know, they'll say that they'll yeah. say, oh, "I wish my yeah. kids were but born." God, God has sovereignly determined mm-hmm. where we live, when we live, and um, we've been raised up to live in this this evil age. Right. We have yeah. to be we have to be Christians, like actual Christians. 
Yeah. And you not, know, it, not Christian just in name, but our Christian worldview, we have to be saturated with the word of God. It, it doesn't matter what, what um, employment you're engaged in. It's not just the pastors that need to know the word of God. Right. It's every Christian needs to know the word of God so that their, their, their thoughts are informed by God's word mm-hmm. so that they'll live according to the Christian worldview, whatever they do, whether right. they're a garbage man or whether they're in politics. Yeah. And this is, you know, we're speaking in this way about Christianity in America. Mm. And I'm not at all trying to disparage those believers that are in other countries that don't have these rights. Right. Like we couldn't tell people in China. Yeah. Why aren't you know you need to be doing this? Yeah. Like this but here in America we're still we're still free mm-hmm. by God's grace. We still can be involved in the government. Right. For now. Mm-hmm. We haven't been purged from society yet. So while we can mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I want to make that clear because sometimes people you can come across as if you're saying this applies. Right. Little, yeah, it's uh, the American context. Yeah. yeah. This is this is just where we are. Mm-hmm. We have exceptional like uh, sh- we've been given this uh, this government structure that we have is an anomaly and it can be used for tremendous good. Mm-hmm. It can actually be used for tremendous good for the people. Um <laughs> It doesn't look like that's what's happening now. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. Um, and, and I don't think it's... Uh, man, we're going long, Jay. We're <laughs> yeah, that's okay. We've really... We've really we've well, there's really, no uh, free-for-all Friday coming right, this Friday. That's right. so yeah, we won't have free-for-all. You're going to get a double episode today. Uh, and it doesn't... This doesn't necessarily mean that it's a sin if you are brilliant and you become a preacher. Because, oh, we've got, because we've got the example of Martin Lloyd-Jones, yes, who yeah. was this brilliant doctor, uh-huh. and God called him to be a pastor. Maybe you can pull double duty like George Foreman. <laughs> you know, um, so it, it's uh, use, use the gifts and talents that God has given you in a way that glorifies God wherever you, wherever you end up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we trust in God's sovereignty that um, the weight of the world is not on our shoulders, like right. we don't have to go through life. Um, if I don't, if I don't, you know, run for office, then the whole United States is going to crumble. Yeah, um, God is sovereign, um, but be be at the work that God has given you. Mm-hmm. Be a, be a faithful Christian wherever, whatever sphere God puts you in. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's brilliant people. Who we'll never know about mm-hmm. because that's just not that yeah. that just is not God's God's providence, right? You know that, yeah. You know we um, we aren't really in control of how this plays out, mm. but you know while we have this this freedom, this God given freedom, um, there's a lot of things. I mean, if you know your children, it's like you know they have. In America, they can literally still do almost anything that they want to do, mm-hmm. anything that that their their heart could desire, uh, they could pursue it. So, it's a it's a big responsibility as a parent to try to help them to. I don't know, see Jay. I was, I was told that America is the worst place in the world. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it's so terrible. Um, yeah. Uh, so helping them. I mean, it, it is. You think about it as as a 
all of the little children at our church, and then the helping the parents to help them to discern, how has God equipped my child? And not everybody's going to do that, do uh, the things we're talking about, but there's nothing wrong with, you know, being a, uh, growing up and becoming a plumber. You need plumbers. Yeah, and you need... Be, you need... be a plumber to the glory of God. Uh, what's, what's Luther's quote about being a, a cobbler? Yeah. Like, repair shoes right. to the glory of God. We need... We need we need shoes. We need good shoes. Yeah. So make the best shoes that you can. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we need, but we need them. But see that that shoe cobbler could get on a school board, mm. right? Yeah. Just because you're a shoe cobbler doesn't mean you retreat from society. So you could, they could also even be involved in their local government. Yeah. So we we can we have a lot of privileges here. Other people in the world just don't have, and so we ought to to try to take. Take advantage of them while while we can. So, yeah, we went. We did go super duper long. We went on a, a big four, rabbit trail. A four, a four point sermon and a four point almost sermon. Two hours yeah, we're long. talking about bad governments and and all of that stuff. So, mm-hmm. where uh, so next week is for the four last ones. Where where are you? Uh, where are you going to? I'm, I'm looking at it right before. Right. So. We are back to work, but this time it, it has to do with work ethic okay. and laziness. Uh-huh. And then um, powerful people. Okay. So you may think, oh, it's about your speech again, but really it's about being shrewd around, uh, you know, with powerful people that okay. can, that are power of your life. Um, then there's shrewdness in the fear of finances mm. and shrewdness in the sphere of decision making. Okay. 11 and 12 really are very tightly intertwined. But I think there are two lessons that can be learned from this. Okay. Yep. So there you go. Work ethic, powerful people, sphere of finances, and decision-making. Okay. Yeah. Stuff I never thought when I was in seminary, I would be, uh, hey, I'm going to preach a sermon, and it's going to be about being shrewd with your finances. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. But here we are. Yep. So that's it. All right. Well, uh, thanks for sticking with us today. Hopefully this has been beneficial for you. If it has, make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, as Jay said, we won't have a, uh, a free-for-all Friday this week, but uh, hopefully this has given you enough to think about uh, until we come back next Tuesday as we finish up these, uh, these lessons on shrewdness. So uh, we hope that uh, this has helped you to become more and more conformed to Christ, and we will see you next time.